Episode 29 of The Exit Strategy. Dow's taking a hit. President of the Central Bank is calling for higher interest rates. Bond yields haven't been this good in over a decade. Let's find out what's going on in this episode of The Exit Strategy. One, two, three, four. You're listening to The Exit Strategy, a podcast that inspires open discussions about financial news and technology today. My name, Marcus McGarrian, a recovering SaaS vendor, joined by my co-hosts, Ralph DeFiore and Swadek Mazumdar. And we're sitting down with startup founders, technology experts. Now let's begin. Markets, right? 500 points down sell-off today we're seeing in the market. BlackRock is announcing that they're seeing a ton of opportunities still in Europe. The resilience is strong, better value in the United States. Um, tell us, guys, what what, do you, what should we be talking about today? I mean, do we think that, it's, is it the stock market or is it the private market? Well, I mean, uh, if you look at the uh, what the Fed announced, that they're going to have to raise interest rates several more times because they think the economy is uh, stronger. If, if the Fed, with all their economists, can um, delve into these uh, trends and numbers and see that, uh, I, I don't know what they're looking at because housing is down. Everybody knows that. Uh, there are some uh, manufacturing indexes that are uh, down um there's a lot of weak indicators out there but i think what what they want is people to have less money and unfortunately it's rather a sort of a sledgehammer approach uh they need people to be laid off you know not not have enough money and that will reduce demand it's unfortunate that uh, you know, the, uh, the, the people that are going to get laid off have to be caught in the cog of machinery uh, that leads to uh, a lower demand. But that's what the Fed is doing. And I'm sure there'll be a lot of um, uh, companies that are weak going out of business and a lot of people that uh, maybe speculated on one business or another. And I, I don't mean sp- uh, speculation like at a gambling table, but just stuck their, uh, stuck their necks out to try to accomplish something and uh, realizing they were taking on a lot of risk, but now the economic environment's turned against them. And, that, that, uh, that's the difference about the place we work. It's not we don't have jobs. We have careers. You can't fire me for my career. I ain't going nowhere. That's the right. <laughs> right. <laughs> There's always an opportunity out there. It's kind of like that entrepreneurial spirit. I mean, it's it's going. I mean, I've seen those things since about six months ago. They were saying we have to. It was, I mean, Powell was literally stating we need to let people go in order to cool uh, in order to cool off inflation. I mean, I think I think this is kind of like eighty-one or something like that, but it, but with, with the with with employment available. Yeah, you know, right. You know, right. I mean, uh, despite you know, despite of what Powell is doing with the continued uh, you know rate hikes, you know, the economy is still clicking away as far as uh, it's showing resilience. Uh, as far as uh, you know, at least employment is concerned. The, what was in Feb. It was uh, up to three point four percent, and so 
you know, what most of the economies, uh, economists were saying, we're going to see in this quarter, coming quarter, um, April to June, we'll see a recession starting. And now I think that they've pushed that to maybe July, September quarter. So regardless, I mean, if you look what are, at... What are the rates anyway these days? I mean, like, you know, last time we were checking, it was like 4.5% uh, for like the two-year. Right now, it's 4.9. Wow, it's almost 5%. That's... Ooh, I better check my bank account back in New York because, like, yeah. uh, <laughs> how's the yield on that savings account? Because yeah. we're seeing the 10-year at almost 4, 3.944%. Uh, yeah. It did hit 4% levels. The... Um, I don't know, it looks pretty good if you're a saver. If you know, yeah. going back to what JP uh, Jamie Diamond said, uh, I think it was in a December call where he said, you know, let's just move the terminal rate, the Fed fund rate to 6% uh, instead of doing this incremental. Maybe, I don't know if that's an option anymore uh, to kind of consider or not, because we are going there anyway, the way we like it. Uh, they're talking interest rate hikes this month and then, April, May, June, July, all the way, you know, from maybe a half a percentage point. They might not go to a 75 basis point, but half a percentage point, I think, is in play all the way up to July. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right, Swatek. So that'll take us to about 6%, and a little above 6%. Yeah. I've uh, Marcus, uh, uh, the 10 year Treasury was at. Uh, I think it reached 420 back in November. Yeah. 4.20. So it's still below that uh, peak. And I, I heard some people saying today that uh, they they think the uh, they think the bottom is um, in for the stock market. So I don't know oh, about 100%. that with these rates. Uh, you know, they think the stock market made a low in October. Yeah. And, uh, you know, they have a I, sanguine view about the, the stock market. I've, I've been a trader for five years before going over to the investment banking side. I can tell you that after all these years, I say to people, I, I'm, I don't know anything about the market because <laughs> it does one thing. You think it's going to do something. You're always right at one point but you're always wrong in the other point. And it's the most annoying thing in the world because the way the world is working today, it's not those simple metrics that used to have back, uh, you know, many years ago. Um, you know, we went from fundamentals to technicals to technicals to analytical. So you have the high frequency trading and all the calculations happening in ultra fast speeds. Um, it's, it's a different world, right? There's no more of those. Uh, there's very few people doing those open cries on the stock exchange floor. But Marcus, you have to, you can't get away from some of the data points, right? Uh, even though, you know, consumer spending has been very resilient. Yeah. Uh, but you've, we are seeing early signs of slowdown. I mean, in big ticket items such as homes and cars and big appliances, you know, homes, for example, down 12 uh, for the 12th consecutive month. Home sales have been down, you know, uh, construction costs, uh, you know, uh, uh, home constructions have been down. So, you know, those those are clear indicators that uh, or clear indication that things have slowed down. So it's it makes sense, right? Because if the rates go up, you could have like, let's say you bought a car a year ago 
it would take you five years to pay off the car. Today, for the exact same car, it'll take you 10. You know, just because the rates went up a significant amount. I mean, I mean for you to elongate the curve or the tenure of the of the financing of the vehicle. Um, that's what I was reading this morning about, like, how, what's the effect? But obviously, you can't increase people's salaries. Or if you're laying people off, you can't expect prices to keep going up. They have to service the debt in order for them to acquire these things. It's not like, you know, even in the, in the 80s or the 70s, you could buy a house for $10,000 and be very happy with it. And today, that same house is like a million dollars. It's a different world. And the truth is, is that if you bought a house for a million dollars and because rates went to 5%, it was a million at 0% interest rates, but at 5%, it's like maybe worth 500000 600000 It just depends on how you could service that, that debt. That's the fact. I mean, look, when I when I looked at a Street Easy, for example, which is the New York City real estate website, which tells you where you could buy rent houses, et cetera, the number of properties listed there about five years ago was twelve thousand. Today, there's almost fifty thousand. We're talking about twenty four thousand rentals, twenty four thousand for sale, around those numbers. But let's make it round at fifty thousand. There's a lot of supply in the market. The thing is that like when you look at the median price and the average price, it's like the average price is below the median, which means that you have a ton of inventory in the market that's these ultra luxury apartments. And those don't get off the market. They stay, they stay, they stay. The lower price apartments, they get taken up. So the median value stays higher. But it, it, and it's a very frustrating thing because a lot of those apartments stay in the market for months and months and months. Some of them are in the market for two years. You know, not many, but like for the, the 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 time it takes for you to get rid of the inventory from the market is forever. And the only natural direction is down. But if everybody in a city or in a town or in a country or any community refuses to work together to lower the price, they say we're going to keep prices up because this is exactly where it has to be. The banks also won't let you get it. Won't, won't also let you lower the price. Like if you if you want to rent a retail store, and you told the bank that I could get $50,000 a month for that store, the bank won't let you rent it for $45,000. Or else they're going to have a margin call. So it's better that they keep the store empty. And it becomes this vicious cycle that never stops. And it, it's, it, yeah. Right, 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 right. It, it is, but, you know, let's go back to what the Fed is thinking and what kind of data they're looking at. And I think in their crosshairs, is the unemployment figures, right? It's been the yeah. lowest since 1969, you know? So for them, what uh, Ralph says rings very true that recession is, you know, if you look at, if you look at the, you know, the measure of consumer uh, index, which is business plus labor, it's, uh, you know, it's been, uh, uh, it's been bl blaring red recession. So that's something that they they would want to see happen, uh, whether it's soft or hard would depend. But as long as there is a tight labor market, they have to break that. They haven't been able to do that. Even today, I think Meta, Facebook, parent company announced they're going to lay off more people. Yeah. So you're seeing that happen all I, over. I think it's due because if they were going from the uh, Metaverse, the AI, the the VR to AI. 
So they're probably going to have to just lay people off and hire people that are specialized in that other sector. But the um, but the Federal Reserve is always something that looks at things at a national level. It's looking at things. For, it doesn't yes. care about which state you're from, right? True, like true. Ralph's in Florida, you're in New York. You like the economies are completely different. The inflation rates are different for each state. It also depends on what you actually consume. Like if you're in New York, you don't have a car. You don't care if gas prices go up. You just take the train. You know, I mean, in Manhattan. Oh, well, the, uh, the, the train ticket prices are going up as well. Oh, they're so. going up. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I, I'm a New York Metro Metro card kind of guy, you know, so I don't know about how that LIRR is doing. <laughs> yeah, no, even the Metro prices have gone up. Yeah. yeah. The, what, 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 you know, what are they at Marcus, now? Marcus, tell me. Uh, here, here's something courtesy of Zero Hedge. Uh, the spread between triple B rated dollar denominated corporate debt and their earnings available on the S&P 500 index of stocks is now above zero for the first time since the global financial crisis. So the average yield on investment grade bonds is 5.77 compared to an estimated earnings yield of 5.42 on the S&P. Right. So the, the the last time it was positive was like the 80s, the, the, the financial crisis, 2000, oh, 2008, uh, seven, eight. Yeah. 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 So, well, I mean, uh, on the other side of the pond, things are looking pretty good, supposedly. I mean, from being in France, I could tell you that it doesn't always seem so rosy because I see, you know, for me, I see a lot of illiquidity in my in my market but in the united states i see tremendous amount of liquidity still and i think that there's still a lot of money floating around in the u.s that could be deployed anywhere it's just everyone looking for value and you know i think that like if you have um i think the hardest part about doing what we do on an international scale is just the fact that people view things or their values are different or that legal structures are different or the what just what people see is completely completely different it's like um i was listening to a story this morning it was one of those it was another podcast and the person was saying that like the food company in brazil sent over people to india to check out something regarding shoes they sent two engineers the first engineer reports back to brazil and says don't send anything here because nobody's wearing any shoes the second engineer goes and he comes back and he sends a letter. He's like, we need a triple production because the amount of shoe sales we could do here is incredibly positive. Right. The same market, the same news report, the same company, the same right. things. Right. You right. could have two people see it in completely different ways. Absolutely. So what do you have to do when you're doing international finance? You have to always be that bridge in order to translate what the message is. You know, the, the understand the values very quickly. You know, maybe the first guy regarding the shoes in India, maybe nobody wants to wear shoes in the town. It's just the taste and we can't change that. But the other guy says, well, they never even seen what a shoe is. You know, we, we have no idea until you actually go and you, you, uh, you ask. But in terms of like this article here where BlackRock says European companies are showing surprise resilience, it's true. But the reason is, is because health insurance is free. A lot of the services are free. If you don't have food here, the government will give it to you. If you don't have a house, the government will give you one. 
And the, the, the fact is, is that like the salaries are super low. So it's very possible to take a company that would be arbitrarily not profitable in the States because of the fact that like it's just cheaper to operate the business over here. And at the same time, many entrepreneurs are afraid to put these completely ridiculous valuations on their companies. Exactly, exactly, exactly. No, no, I agree with you. You know, there are there are certain gaps that we need to fill in. And you as uh, the counterpart or a colleague in uh, France see, you know, different markets uh, that we can assess from here. And, you know, I working in the Indian uh, side do see certain opportunities and markets that sitting here uh, in the U.S., you just can't assess. You can't, you wouldn't even know what, what they are. Most people, when they're in India, what are, what are they asking you anyway? Like when you, so you say, I'm, 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 I'm Swadik, I'm coming from New York. We have a lot of, a lot of interest. Like, how are they responding? Because the response in France, a lot of the times, it's that like, it's either half the time we don't want anything from the United States. We don't want anything with Americans. I'm like, okay, that's kind of harsh. But um, <laughs> and the other side is that like, oh, we want something, but they're terrified of signing contracts. It's more like, oh, you know, if something works out, we'll figure it out later. It's like, no, it doesn't work that way. SEC won't let me just start soliciting you without doing a background check and all that jazz. Right, Ralph? Would you let me solicit business with <laughs> right? Can you imagine? Yeah, I wonder who what our clients would look like. <clears throat> I mean, in terms of their uh, businesses. No, India is pretty open, actually. Uh, you know, from from a you know an ask point of view, uh, Indian businesses are always encouraged. They would like to expand their products and services to uh, Western markets, which they have been doing. And they're always looking for, um, you know, new technologies, new way of doing some things, best practices, you know, to to import and apply to the Indian market. I could tell you when I went to visit with the government bank here, they were very clear to me that they didn't want any investments in the United States and French companies would be French companies. Last week, they announced on the equivalent of the Wall Street Journal here in France that they want companies to expand, that there's a lot of illiquidity in the market. And the only way to get through this is really to go abroad, grow, um, you know, do whatever you can, but don't stay here. Take the risk, go abroad, try to get clients <laughs> from outside the country and all that, all that jazz. So there's, I mean, there's a lot of conflicting things. Either this article is a reflection of a lot of European companies or governments stating you guys should go abroad because it seems like, to me, I kind of see like Europe in many countries, it's like kind of like an ant farm. People are very nationalistic. They work hard. They're very proud. They want to stay with their country. They respect their languages. They never want to change anything. A lot of the debates we have in the States don't exist here, you know, uh, in terms of like, if it's pronouns or religion or whatever it is, et cetera, you are just who you are and that's it. But it's, I find it interesting that every article, almost every day you have something stating the grass is greener on the other side. But the thing is that when you speak with those bulge brackets, publicly traded companies in the States, and you'll say, Hey, have you seen uh, any deals from Spain? No, we've never seen deals from Spain. Have you seen deals from France? No, Italy. No, they, they maybe see UK, then they might see something like a Danish deal or like a Dutch deal. 
And that's because English isn't the problem. So it all comes down to the language. Yeah, like India is English speaking, right? It's right. I mean, I don't think ever. I mean, I met a couple Indian guys here in in France who who spoke French. They didn't speak English. It it shocked me. I, I was like, wow! I thought you guys, everyone spoke English. Well, dep- depending on when they left India and if they had schooling in India, and if they were born and you know brought up in France, they would not yeah. probably English. I don't know. I mean, his French wasn't very good. It was a guy at the supermarket. He just told me he's from India. And I was like, oh, I've been there. It's a great place. And uh, no, no, je parle pas. <laughs> Mon anglais, c'est pas très bon. I was like, okay. Like, uh, <laughs> what do you, I guess that conversation's over. <laughs> like we're, I'll just take this. I'll just take my groceries and be on my way then. Um, no, but it's it's interesting because they're, um, the I, I the way I see it is that there's still a lot of liquidity in the states. Yes, the inflation is there because there's a lot of cash flowing around in the states. Here, there's the when I every day I have this thing set up where I'll just email people saying congratulations on your raise today. Every day there's like one to three raises in France, so I'll email them and say hey congratulations, I'm very happy for you. Uh, you know I'm I I went to school here and all those things. And sometimes they respond, sometimes they don't. But the fact is, is that they always, they usually add me on LinkedIn. That's a great thing because then we're BFFs for life with that thing because no one ever unsubscribes. But it's it's very true. The United States is still the best place for liquidity. Europe is still the best place right now for value. And so is India, of course. Let's talk about population. My, my interest in population was uh, spurred on by Musk saying that uh, the biggest danger to the world could be population collapse. So I did some um, some uh, reading on the subject, and everybody knows Japan has a big problem. Probably uh, one of the uh, worst in, in terms of uh, uh, population decline. And the way they're handling it, they're of course, trying to get people to get married. And, and they're, they're, they are a special case in that they really don't want immigration, right? So uh, they're turning to robots and they're turning uh, to uh, programs to spur people to get married and have children. But, uh, you know... I hope nobody's going to get married because there's a government incentive <laughs> to get married, but uh, that's what they're doing. And it reminded me of what someone told me. They had a delivery business out in California back in the um, in the eighties uh, and nineties, and they said some of their people would go deliver to houses and they saw mannequins sitting on the couch dressed up so these people could have company. <laughs> I mean, imagine, I mean, the human it's... spirit, you know, you need people. Yeah. you uh, sure Most do. of us need people, uh, need uh, conversation. And, and uh, in Japan uh, for these um, assisted living and, uh, nursing homes, they've created these robots that these people can talk to. And um, 
So, I mean, that, that that's the extreme. China, of course, uh, we may have talked about this a uh, few uh, podcasts ago, but uh, uh, I guess their population, I think by uh, 2350, is going to lose like 700 million uh, people. <clears throat> or as, as an article I was reading, uh, that's the population of South America. Uh, and uh, so you picture South America completely empty. That's how many people China is go going to lose. Mm. Uh, meanwhile, India, of course, is growing. And India, the important thing about India is it has a good mix because you don't want too many elderly uh, the elderly that is exceeding the younger people because the younger people are working in part to support the older people. And India has uh, a, a great number of uh, people that uh, are younger. It's got one of the youngest populations in the world. India is going to reign supreme at uh, 1.6 billion at 2050, then fall a little to 1.5 billion by 2100. Um, then China is going to go down to 771,000, uh, 771 million. Uh, United States, we keep growing. Slow and steady wins the race. Look at that. From 375 to 393 by 2000, the year 2000, by the year 2100. Turn you know? of the century, uh, turn of the decade. How much is that? Twenty-one yeah. what? Oh, that's uh, the year two thousand one hundred. Let me try to zoom in here for you to see. But let's let's look at let's look at the population trend. You know what what did what happened? It took about hundreds of thousands of years to reach to one billion, and then within two hundred years, there were seven next. We came to seven billion, right? Yeah. And we just breached. Uh, Eight billion in twenty-two mm. last year, right? Out of which they're saying India is going to be at one for one point five billion. I mean, the, a lot of the African countries are seeing, expecting a lot of growth. Like Niger is going from sixty-six million to one hundred and sixty-six million. Uh, you had here uh, Nigeria uh, was expecting it to go from three seventy-four to five five forty-five. You know. Uh, Pakistan looking to go 365 to 486. Um, you know, there's a East Africa here also. Tanzania expected to double the population from 128 million to 243 million. Um, you know, what I'd like to relate uh, or, uh, you know, kind of triangulate, Marcus, with these population trends is does education play a part in certain population trends, right? Uh, so well, what I'm trying to look at is, do educated people or educated women have child latter part of the year because they're, they're more career-oriented, right? So uh, I, I don't know about you, but when I look at these population trends, it's like I better start building some property in Nigeria because like if they're <laughs> going to double the population, it's time to – we got to go to the – we got to go start dishing out some mortgages, you know, like because you have um, – I mean, like in Brazil, it's like uh, it's going to hit 230 – million but it's going to drop to 185 million so not a place to really do the real estate business great place if you want to start selling those robots you're talking about 
almost the same thing. A lot of lonely people out there. I mean, the one child policy in China, you got you got a 771 billion market potential. (laughs) I I think, Ralph, you mentioned this somewhere. Um, You know, talk about lonely people. You know, when you have a very aging population, such as in Japan, that's where you see, you know, so younger people, you know, the older people are living longer. Younger people are busy with their careers. Who takes care of, you know, from a cultural point of view, in India, it's different. You know, you stay with your parents, your parents stay with you. The concept of old age homes is there, but it's not that prevalent in India. Mm. In Japan, in China, I don't know what it is. Is it the same thing or not? That's where the lonely sets, loneliness sets in, I believe. Right? In India, I don't see... You know, there is, I mean, there is, don't forget, in the urban setting, not in the rural settings, in the urban settings, you know, yeah, uh, you know, if I go, if I was in India, I would stay with, my, you know, uh, I don't, uh, you know, I lost my dad a few years ago, I would stay with my mom, no questions about it, right? Uh, hmm. It's a cultural thing, you stay with your parents, and the parents stay right. with you, you take care of each other. Well, that that used to be true in most places around the world. And uh, I, know I, that's I, bet in you, I bet you in Italy, they in Greece, a lot of same thing. Yeah. In, yeah. In Greece, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And that, that's a pretty wonderful thing. If you could all get along, <laughs> that, that, that is the thing getting along. Well, that's, that's, that, that's a different argument <laughs> altogether. Right. Uh, right. But in Japan, for example, I mean, you know, the aging population, I think there was one, I forget the name of the town, uh the average age was 100 that's the average age which is pretty okay. alarming when you think about it and again 100 and healthy you know there's one thing to be you know old and be like a cabbage be like a vegetable sorry to put it that way where you know you're dependent on other people uh the other thing is to be healthy and be more or less self sufficient Right. And, you know, why is this? Uh, in general, it's been shown that the wealthier a country gets, uh, the more likely that people are going to have children later. Right. And that there'll be fewer children per family. Right. But there's also, um, you know, there's also, uh, at, least, at least in this country, probably some other countries, there's uh, issues with uh, sperm. I don't know if you've read that, uh, but uh, uh, there's a, a real concern about what is happening to men because uh, the uh, sperm is not as healthy as it once was. And that's, uh, that's probably because of pollution. So, I mean, uh, are, are you talking about uh, emerging markets or are you talking about? No, uh, the U.S. I'm talking about the U.S. In the U.S., there's. Pollution. Uh, I, I, I don't know if it's pollution or it's lifestyle. You know, uh, if you talk about pollution, you've got to go to uh, Southeast Asia. You'll see what pollution is. It's horrible at times. Right. You know, I just, you know, I just got back from India. You know, the pollution in New Delhi, which is the capital of the country, pollution in certain other place like Kolkata. I mean, it's just you don't even see the sky. It's that bad. People are used right. to it. You know, it's just normal. 
but then you go to some other areas, you know, you know, pollution is not that bad. In the U.S., I feel uh, in in comparative, uh, uh, you know, in comparative notes to to India, India, uh, U.S. is fabulous as far as pollution is concerned. You know, at least you get to see the sun every day and the blue sky. Now, here's a study. Listen to this. Um, the percentage of acceptable sperm among donor applicants in Boston went from 69% in 2003 to a 44% acceptance rate in 2013, right? 10 years later, dropped uh, about 25 percentage points. Does he talk and... about the age of the donors? No, the, it was a mixed uh, population. Yes, I, I, I think age of the donor has and and has, acceptance, accept, you know, acceptable means that uh, the sperm swim properly and show no DNA damage, and that's the thing: D DNA damage. Um, so uh, there's a lot. There's a lot going on and look let's face it the demographics is the future right as demographics go so does the uh the future yeah i mean that also has to do that also has to play with a lot of migration trends right i remember a few years ago they were talking about finland where they wanted uh more male population because there were more female uh, less male. I know in Alaska, for example, I don't know which year it was, they were giving 10,000 per person that moved there. Right. Yeah, so the, there's what, a few what countries that pay yeah, pretty well. You, right. That's right. not, that's not enough for me to move to Alaska. <laughs> they have, well, to, can, raise, they'd Rob, have to raise can, it to 10 million. <laughs> Rob, you can move from place to place, right? Keep collecting, <laughs> keep collecting monopoly money. Right. Do not pass go. Do not go to jail. <laughs> somebody, somebody I know moved to, I forget the town in Alaska. It wasn't Anchorage. And um, they were saying there's no roads going into that town. You have to wait for the, the, the rivers to freeze, and then you could use the rivers oh, as wow. a road. Yeah, I mean that's pretty crazy. That sounds old school to me. Sounds like those cut the the good old days. Where you had to wait for the <laughs> snow to melt for you to get past the the canyon. <laughs> I I knew somebody else that lived up in Alaska, and she told me before the uh, uh, winter came, they had uh, three trash bags full of marijuana in order to get through the winter it's no food because you, just you can't you can't you can't go out so all you did is get doped don't you get the munchies when you smoke <laughs> the marijuana <laughs> it's the, the that's the thing i mean if you're trying to if you're trying to um preserve uh that food supply you know you kind of want to keep away from the marijuana <laughs> That's hysterical, Marcus. That's right. That's right. But she she later moved to uh, Hawaii, so that shows you what she thought about Alaska. Nice, you know. 
It's a lot warmer in Hawaii. The um, but that's that's the thing. It's all about trends. The, the problem with all these trends is that we don't know. We can't predict the future. So, like, I look at I think these population growth things and all that jazz is um, it's something we don't know. We have to wait for it to happen. I know for the fact that uh, yields on these rates are what they are today. They're real. So let's see what's going to happen t- tomorrow or next week. Guys, let's do it. Let's do we, it. We we know, uh, you know, the trend that's been uh, highlighted here. And that's uh, what, what Ralph had said in December. I make some notes here, Ralph. Uh, you said we are definitely getting into a recession. And I think now, it's pretty it's pretty glaring uh fact now that it's i think we are getting to a recession trend that we can say whether it's soft landing or whether it's hard landing or it's not landing no landing at all uh, that's to be seen but fed we know is not going to stop till you know we see more pain and they keep talking about that more pain bank of america came out today and said about that as well right you got to be be, be prepared for higher rates. Everything is going to go higher. Um, you know, mortgage and inflation, you know, that hasn't, you know. So, again, I'm, I always argue, Mark, uh, Marcus and Ralph, why are we stuck to that 2%? You know, I just don't get it. I mean, the, the, the whole environment has changed, uh, but we are still sticking to that old economic benchmark of 2% and, you know, we we might kill the messenger just to get to that. You mean the inflation rate? The, right, the, exactly. Uh, right, right. Well, it's my strong belief that the Fed is overreacting uh, to pressure of the the markets to uh, jack up interest rates, and that they really should um, wait, but. You know, a lot of people don't want them to wait. Ralph, they they pause. I wouldn't say they pause, but they, from the seventy-five basis point, they went to fifty basis point in February. They're looking at the uh, consumer uh, sentiment. They're looking at the housing. They're looking at inflation. They're looking at labor. Firstly, that hasn't really moved that much. So that's yeah. why. Mark, yeah. Marcus, excuse me, Swatex. You, you see the chart Marcus put up now? Velocity, velocity is so key yeah. to uh, the growth no, rate of the economy. Yeah. It's basically it's, telling it's, you that there's no exchange of cash really happening. Yeah, it's it's plummeted. You know, and I think you'll see uh, money supply is down as well. Sorry, give me two minutes. I'm just finishing up a Zoom call. Thanks, man. But yeah, there's a lot of economic data that we could go over. I mean, if you want, like we could um, pair this. We could go over the Fed statistical data and then, you know, discuss it next week. Um, But um, no, there's a there's a plethora of data. There's a plethora of things. I mean, it's. uh, let's do that. Let's bring this up next week. Let's go over the data because in the, we were originally doing a lot of data points and a data analysis on on these podcasts. So let's um, let's call it. Sure, okay. we can hone in on all these uh, by the time I think we would 
also know how the Fed is uh, positioning itself for this month, which you know we could we could presume what it is, but let's let's let the fact the facts be laid out. Yeah, and discuss it for sure. Well, guys, have a wonderful evening. For me, at least, it's nine p.m. here almost. So let's time to drink some wine there. <laughs> I got an all day conference tomorrow with uh, the European Tech Conference, uh, which is going to be a great event. Um, so, awesome. yeah, have, have some croissants and some pastries. <laughs> Those conferences always give you an extra 10 kilos. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Take care. Talk soon. Bye bye.